Welcome to episode four of Sexplanations and Escort's A to Z of Sex, the podcast that covers everything you ever wanted to know about sex and then some. I'm your host, Ginger, resident sexpert and escort. It has been a hot minute since I recorded anything. Um, as with many people in the UK and indeed the world, my life has gone to utter shit because of the pandemic. Um, I lost my nine to five job. I got made redundant. And then I almost lost my house because my landlord was gonna sell, but then it's changed their minds, thankfully. We are in, mm, are we about to come out of our second national lockdown? But in between, I did do some work. So I have some stories to tell you. Um, I hope everyone is doing okay or is doing as best as possible in these uncertain and definitely trying times. So I want to get right back into the action. And in episode three, I ended promising you the D and I've got that for you. D is for dildos. So I didn't just want to give you a guide on how to use, how to find the right dildo. I wanted to give you a little background into how long dildos have been around, mostly because it tickled me and I'm hoping that you will find it a little bit funny as well. Um, The humble dildo is not the modern invention that you might think. In fact, not so long ago, a 28,000 year old phallus was discovered in Germany, though I would not recommend trying that one. Dildos made of stone, wood, leather, and even camel dung have been found throughout the years, suggesting that we've always been looking for new and exciting ways to pleasure ourselves. Although, again, I won't be recommending anybody use or ride a camel dung dildo. That is not a recommendation that Ginger is making. (laughs) So the word dildo dates as far back as 1400 AD and it comes from the Latin term, excuse me if my pronunciation is not correct here, dilatare, meaning open wide, and the Italian word diletto, meaning delight. I quite like that, and I might start saying open wide for delight when I'm using a sex toy with a client, just to see their reaction. And then I can regale them with tales of camel dung dildos of, of a history past. Dildos now are used, obviously, for pleasure, that wasn't always the case. They were used as tools to ward off evil. Um, In some pagan cultures, the female orgasm was believed to be an offering to the gods of fertility. That is something I can get behind. Um, It's definitely better than Freud's analysis of the female orgasm uh, and the whole idea of hysteria. Although if my doctor did describe a dildo, I might be on board with that. Back in the sixth century, Turkish people believed that the phallus contained special powers like repelling ill luck. Fortunately, some men still believe that their phallus uh, contains special powers. Now, think about that next time you're using your faithful friend. You're acting as a beacon of good and helping crops grow. Basically, you're doing an act of kindness, so get on it right away. Like I said earlier, physicians in the 19th and 20th centuries would prescribe using a dildo to treat hysteria, um, which could cause anxiety, sleeplessness, irritability, and erotic fantasies. Uh, I don't know about you, but 
my dildo can only temporarily relieve these symptoms, so I think I'll stick with my antidepressants. But if you know a sex toy that holds the cure, let me know. The first rubber dildo appeared in 1850, but didn't actually gain popularity until the 30s. Um, they were described as marital aids rather than purely for sexual pleasure. Um, apparently some look like whisks and there were some that you could detach to the sink and power by water. Again, I don't know about you, but I am thankful that technology has moved on. Um, there is no way I'd be putting a whisk next to my vagina. Now that we know the history, let's get on to how to use them to get the most pleasure in the bedroom, or maybe outside of the bedroom if you're adventurous. If you search dildo on an adult website, you are guaranteed to be inundated with more dicks than you know what to do with. But don't worry, I am here to help. So let's go over the most common kinds of dildo. That's right, there is more than one. So strap in guys. So first we have the double-ended dildo. As the name suggests, this toy features not one, but two insertable ends for double the pleasure. They're great for enjoying double penetration on your own, or you can double the fun with your partner and use it together. And that could be an all-male couple, an all-female couple, or a mixed-gendered couple. Then we have strap-ons. These are also known as harness dildos, and they allow you to wear the sex toy um, on a little... It kind of looks like a, a little... It's not really saucy underwear that you put on, but you step into it and pull it up. What that means is you have the same control as somebody who has a penis naturally attached to them. Um, you can buy the dildo and harness separately. You don't have to buy an all-in-one kit. Uh, this is particularly useful if you have one particular dildo that you or you and your partner like. If it has the correct base, you can just fit it into a harness and you're good to go. Off your pound. We have suction cup dildos. These have the ability to stick to hard surfaces, uh, providing you the opportunity for some hands-free action. My dildo, my favorite dildo, Mr. D, has a suction cup, um, and I like to stick him anywhere he'll stay up, particularly on the side of the bath, so I can straddle and ride until I usually fall off, or I can stick it to the tiles in the bathroom, or even my bedroom wall. You know, wherever he'll stick, he goes. You can get glass dildos. These are fantastic for experimental sensory play with a partner as they can be used cold or heated. Silicone dildos are also on offer. These can give you a soft, firm and flexible stimulation and they're very, very easy to clean. You can purchase realistic dildos, which are the uh, closest to the real things you can get. They usually have a noticeable head, veins, and sometimes balls. Balls are optional. You can get non-realistic dildos, and believe me, these are as far away from the real thing as you can get. They can be smooth, textured, bulbous, long, short. You can get ones shaped like dragons. You can get ones bigger than, I don't know, the average person's face. Uh, they provide a different kind of stimulation to the ones that look like actual penises. Just because they're shaped different, they reach different parts of you and stimulate different parts of you as well. So you don't have to go for the real thing. 
you can get metal dildos. These provide a vastly different sensation to rubber or silicone sex toys. They are smooth, curved and firm, meaning that they can give you stimulation in your most sensitive spots. So we're talking about the G spot or the A spot. You can get an inflatable dildo. Now, this isn't uh, like a bouncy castle. There is no jumping on this inflatable dildo. They're designed to be inserted and then you can pump them to a size that keeps you satisfied. You can pump as you go or you can get it to the point where it feels best and leave it. The benefit of these is that you can enjoy a wider girth without having to insert something gigantic into your vagina or bottom. You can also get anal dildos. So these, as the name would suggest, are specifically designed to go up the butt. They're often curved for increased prostate stimulation. I will go on to how and when you should use these kind of dildos later on, but um, just a, a forewarning that if you are trying dildos with an, uh, a male partner, uh, the anal dildo might be the best way to go for your first foray into the world of phalluses. Now, there's no hard and fast rule book when it comes to dildos. You don't have to stick with one kind as you don't always wanna hit the same spot. Having a couple of options will allow you to experiment and have an arsenal of dildos for every occasion. They do say variety is the spice of life. And in the current climate, we all need some at-home entertainment. So go crazy, buy 10. That's my recommendation. So I've just reeled off a ginormous list of dildos. So how do you know which is the right one for you? So you've got to make a couple of decisions before you splurge. The first one is, do you want it to look like the real deal? Or are you after something a little bit, let's say, extraordinary? Something that looks in no way, shape or form like a penis. This could be something to think about if you're intending to use it with somebody else as a realistic cock with veins and balls might not be their bag. So just a thought. My dildo, as I mentioned before, has a suction cup base. It does have veins, it does have balls. I have no opinion here or there on the balls. They don't add anything for me, but you know, Mr. D still does his job every time. So once you know how you'd like your dick to look, the next thing you need to consider is the shape. They really do come in all shapes and sizes. So think about, would you prefer a curved tip to hit the G spot or the P spot? Do you want a tapered shape that starts off wide and slims down at the tip or the opposite way around? Would a curved or straight shaft be best for you? Have a think about what helps you achieve orgasm without a dildo and this should help you decide what your bedroom boner should be. Now, something important that you do need to factor in is what material you want your dildo to be made from. There's a variety and it's something that you really need to think about if you have certain allergies, such as to latex or rubber, you obviously don't want to purchase a dildo that will you know, cause you injury or harm or any sort of um, adverse reaction. If you're sharing with multiple partners, then you should ideally be sterilizing your toys, which means that you're gonna want to buy a dildo that is made from a non-porous material, like silicone, glass, or stainless steel. 
If you want something that requires very little lube, then plastic, stainless steel or glass would be best for you. Are you gonna go big or are you gonna go home? Dildos come in a variety of lengths and widths, so you really can tailor the toy to your preference. If you're a beginner, you might wanna stick with something that is considered the average size for a dildo, which is around 1.5 inches in width and around seven inches in length. I think that is what Mr. D is. I think he's the average, although I don't tell him he's average. I tell him he's amazing all the time. Um, you might even wanna go smaller if you knew, or you might even wanna go bigger. You know, again, no hard and fast rule book. Do what feels best for you. One thing I would keep in mind though, is where are you gonna be keeping it? If it's gonna go in your bedside table, for example, is it gonna fit? <laughs> if you live with somebody or, you know, several people who have prying eyes, you might not want them to know your business. So just keep in mind, is it gonna fit in your hiding spot? I don't really have a hiding spot. I live alone with the dog. As yet, he's not managed to open the drawer in my bedside cabinet, but who knows? 2020's been crazy. Now, what's the base of a good relationship between you and your dildo? The base of the actual sex toy will affect where and how you can use it. So for example, if you intend to use yours with a partner and you want to attach it to a harness, it must have a flared base. The harnesses are pretty standard. They come with rings that you put over the uh, the shaft and then that attaches it to the harness itself but the flared base is what keeps the cock on the harness you don't want to be pumping away and then it falling off and spoiling the moment nobody wants the cock to fall off you can get dildos that have a flared base that doubles a suction cup which can be stuck to hard surfaces like i've said this is what mine is it's great um like i said i've tried it in the shower on the side of the bath. Uh, I stuck it to one of the chairs um, at my dining room table. Um, I've stuck it to the wall. I think I stuck it to my bedroom windowsill as well. I do have blinds, don't worry, the neighbors didn't see anything. Um, it just gives you that hands-free motion. Um, sometimes if you're using the dildo by yourself, it can feel quite like you're disconnected from the moment because you're having to do all the action. With it having a suction cup, that's hands-free. You can use your hands for something else, whether that is to stimulate your clit or to give your boobs a rub or, you know, just to centrally touch yourself. It frees up your hands. So I think they're fantastic. Um, but again, that's my opinion. Other dildos are available. Also think about what texture you want your dildo to have. And what I mean by this is you can get some that have ripples, ridges, bumps, veins. These can increase the pleasure, but they can also require more lube and they can require a more, um, I suppose, stringent cleaning regime because they have little nooks and crannies that you have to clean. If you use condoms that are ridged, with a partner, then you're probably gonna feel the benefit of something that has texture. If it's gonna go in the back way, something that's smoother might be more ideal as it's less likely to cause any irritation to the skin that's in your anus because it is very, very sensitive and it can tear quite easily. When you are buying your dildo, 
Think about lube as well. Now, I did mention this in episode A for anal, so if you haven't listened to that, go back. The type of lube you purchase will depend on the type of toy you have. Um, certain lubes can't be used with certain materials. They erode the uh, the material of the dildo over time. You don't want that. You want your bedroom boner to last as long as you want him to. Uh, so have a think about that as well. So if you have never used one before, you might not really know how to go about it. It's a new experience. It's almost like losing your virginity all over again, except less awkward. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but when I lost my virginity, the guy was like, I can walk you to the bus stop now, which was horrifying. Your dildo will never say that to you. He will never promise to call and then not do it. He will never make you feel bad. He just does his job and then goes back in his drawer. So how do you start? Think about setting the mood. I know if you're using it solo, you don't have somebody else there to kind of um, help set the mood, but you still want it to be an enjoyable experience. So think about what atmosphere or environment will help you achieve the best orgasm, the most intense pleasure. This could be as simple as closing your blinds and dimming the lights. It could also mean turning on some music to either set the mood or disguise some moans. Or it could mean watching your favourite porn. For me, mostly, if I'm going solo, I like to watch porn beforehand. And that usually gets me quite wound up. So I therefore need to use less lube um, because I'm all ready and raring to go. You need to limber up. So once we've set the mood, you should probably start with some, I suppose we'll call it manual stimulation first. This could mean gently rubbing your clit or fingering yourself, and that will help create some natural lubrication. Like I said before, it'll mean that you probably need to use less lube. Having this little warm up before you unleash the dildo means you're also likely to increase your arousal, desire, and physical comfort. Warming yourself up means that your body is more uh, amenable to the arrival of the dildo, as it were. Pick your position. As with sex with a partner, there isn't just one way to go. You don't just have to lie on your back, legs akimbo, and off you go to work. You can lie with your face down, you can lie on your side. Like I said before, you can attach the dildo to a hard service and ride it into the sunset and onto orgasm. <laughs> Do some exploration and decide what's best for you. This is the joy of sex toys, that there is a lot of discovery and exploration and finding out what best fits you and possibly opening yourself up to new ways of achieving orgasm with a partner because you have had that little investigation where your most sensitive spots are and therefore you'll be able to communicate that to whoever you're having sex with. There are several different techniques um, which allow you to explore and figure out what's best for you. The techniques that I'm going to go through, I have tried myself and I interchange quite a lot of them as I'm a fan of all of them, although I do have a particular favourite which I will touch on. So the first is deep thrusting. Now you insert the entire length of the dildo into your vagina and slide it in and out and repeating this motion can provide intense stimulation, particularly if your toy has some texture. I like to do this on my back with my knees up, which gives me easier access to my lady garden, as it were. Um, and I have 
I suppose the the freedom of movement around my body that I can um, pull and push back in with quite deep thrusting motions, but it's not my favorite. It's also short and shallow. The first third of your vagina is home to the most sensitive nerve endings, which means short, rapid, sharp strokes can provide you with the most pleasure. It's a nice introduction to using a dildo if you're new to the toy, and it requires less physical exertion than the deep thrusts. I must admit, deep thrusting, it does remind you that you're doing this on your own because at the end of it, your arm can just want to fall off. (laughs) So short and shallow is a nice break from that. You can also do a rocking motion. Now, what I mean by this is that you move the dildo back and forth at an angle, which applies pressure to the posterior wall of your vagina. You can get the same depth as deep thrusts, but you have the additional bonus of clitoral stimulation because the dildo will brush past that area. If there's lube there, that means it's particularly intense feeling because it's wet down there. And we all know that it's better when it's wetter. So to do this, you lie on your back and insert the dildo at a downward angle. Thank me later. There's G-spot stimulation. Um, not a fan of this phrase, but it is the common terminology. You can milk your G-spot by dragging the tip of the toy across the top or roof of your vagina as you slide the dildo in and out. This is particularly enjoyable if you've chosen a more rigid dildo, so one made out of metal or glass as opposed to rubber, um, because it's firmer and less flexible, which means it is going to go where you want it to go. Again, not my favourite. You can also achieve a feeling of fullness. Uh, I don't mean have a big meal before you do this. Um, I wouldn't recommend a big meal before you do this. Um, It's like swimming in that respect. Uh, You don't need to move the dildo once you've inserted it. So stick it in and then that means you have this feeling of fullness and it allows you then to stimulate other parts of your body. Uh, So this is my favourite, favourite technique when it comes to my personal use of Mr D. Uh, What I like to do is slide him in and then use a vibrator on my clit to achieve, I kid you not, earth shattering orgasms. I recently invested in a wand vibrator because Again, I don't know if I've mentioned this because it has been so long. I did get a very powerful vibrator from a friend on my 30th birthday, uh, which was, oh God, nearly two years ago. And clearly I've overused him and he's dead. So rather than buying something of a similar ilk, I went for a wand and it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, I can thank the pandemic for that because it gave me a lot of time to to decide and to do some, I suppose, online window shopping before I made the decision. But that is my favourite way of using a dildo. You don't have to limit your rides to the vagina alone. If you're a fan of anal, you can also use a dildo. Uh, I would recommend listening to the first episode for some hot tips on how to do it right. Just make sure you've relaxed lots of lube and you listen to your body. If it's not feeling good, stop. If it feels good, continue. How about some double trouble? If you've ever fantasized about double penetration, using a dildo is a great way to achieve this dream without having to admit a third person to the bedroom. 
um, it can also be like your baby steps to admitting a third person to the bedroom because you can try before you buy. Um, you can insert two dildos, one in the back, one in the front. You can use a dildo and a butt plug, a dildo and fingers, yours or somebody else's, or a dildo and your partner to achieve that feeling of uh, double penetration. I think I have mentioned this before. I like to use a butt plug on myself and my dildo because it really does give you like a an extra sensory factor to the experience. Um, it's a more, I suppose, intense orgasm, uh, but it feels it feels vastly different to just using uh, the dildo alone or to having sex alone. Um, it's I would recommend if it's something that you've wanted to try. I definitely would recommend. The joy of dildos is that you can try as much or as little as you like. You don't have to stick to one technique or one position. You might find that you don't like using a dildo in one way, but love it in another. There's no rule book except washing or sterilizing your sex toys after use. That is a must. Keep it clean so it's ready to go the next time you wanna use it. So obviously the last section was about using a dildo on yourself if you're a woman, but what about if you're a man? Which I'm obviously not an expert on because I am not a man, but I have used them on men. And I will I will uh, give you some details or stories uh, once I've covered the basics of using one if you are a man. So just like a woman, you need to decide which one is best for you. Think about the size, material, shape and texture, what will feel best for you. If you've never entertained someone or something in your butt before, you may wish to start with a butt plug rather than a dildo as they're smaller, less intrusive and purpose-built. They are made solely to go there. And you don't have to graduate from a butt plug. You can play around with the different sizes and then just stick to that. You know, you don't have to go up in size. Listen to your body. As always, do what feels good. So you're going to want to set the mood for yourself as well. Um, create an environment that's going to ease any tensions and increase your arousal. With it going in the back passage, you're going to want to keep your breathing steady as this will help the muscles in your butt relax, leading to an easier and more comfortable entry. Lube, lube, lube. As I've said before, your anus does not create any natural lubricant, meaning you will need to use an external lube. Don't be shy with it. There is no such thing as too much lube, in my opinion. It's better to have too much than too little because the latter is going to lead to discomfort and it's going to stop you from enjoying the experience. And we don't want that. I definitely don't want that for you. Slow and steady definitely wins the race here. Don't shove it in and hope for the best. Start off gently and at a slow pace. Once you're comfortable, you can start to go deeper and faster but don't forget that you're in control. If it becomes too much or uncomfortable, stop and take a break. You know, do a temperature check on yourself. Is this something you're enjoying? Is this something you want to continue? You know, you have to listen to your body. And just like uh, with women, you need to keep it clean. Ensure that you sterilize or clean your toys after you've used them. You wanna make sure your dildo is ready for use the next time you unleash them. So we've covered how to achieve solo orgasms, but what about with a partner? Firstly, you need to make sure that you're both happy with the type of dildo that you have, taking into consideration where you're planning to use it. 
I don't mean what room of the house or if it's on a balcony in Ibiza. What I mean is if you're planning to use it to peg a male partner, you might want to invest in one that is made for anal sex and can be attached easily to a harness. I know some of my clients don't like ones that look realistic. They prefer ones that are quite um, unrealistic. They're not like alien or dragon <laughs> dildos. They're just smoother. Um, they don't have any of the detailing that um, my Mr D has. There's no veins, no head, no balls, for example. As always, consent is key. Make sure both you and your partner have consented to the introduction of a sex toy. Don't just stick it in and hope for the best. If you've got any queries about consent or you think there's some grey areas there, I would recommend listening to episode three and get in touch with me if you have any questions. I'm happy to answer them. If you're both beginners at using a dildo on a partner, don't rush. Take it slow. Experiment with the depth and speed of thrusts as you would if you're using on yourself and make sure you have lube close to hand. You know, if you start off with some and realise it's not enough, you can apply more. Listen to your partner. As with every single episode that I've mentioned, do a temperature check. Are they enjoying the experience? Are you enjoying the experience? Are they happy with the pace or depth of thrust? Are you happy with the pace or depth of thrust? As always, great communication leads to great sex and using a dildo doesn't change this. The dildo should be an addition to the overall experience. It shouldn't detract from it. If you or your partner aren't enjoying it, stop, take a break, assess the situation. It could be that you're not using enough lube, you're not using the right dildo, it's not the right position, or that you or your partner are simply not enjoying the experience. Again, there's no rule book. Experimentation coupled with communication is key to having a fantastic experience with your dildo. And again, I'm gonna hammer this point home. Cleanliness is next to godliness. As I was told in Catholic school, <laughs> it's important that you keep your sex toys clean, particularly if you're sharing them with other people. STIs can be spread via toys. Um, not just regular penetrative sex, so make sure you clean them. Before I became an escort, I had never used a dildo with a male partner before. I am bisexual, I have used it with women before, but never men. The The male partners that I had usually would take the, the dominant role, which I was quite happy with. I think in my personal life will say I'm naturally submissive in the bedroom alone. So when I first started working, I noticed that I would get a lot of requests from clients for me to be the dominant party, um, which was new, it was exciting. I, for one, am always up for a new challenge and a new experience. And then I had my first request from a, a man to be pegged. Firstly, I'll admit, I had no idea what this meant. I had it in my head that it involved something to do with a washing line and a sunny day. <laughs> So I did a Google search, cleared it up, definitely had nothing to do with laundry. And then I realized that I didn't really know what to do. So I reached out to women who work in the field and asked them for their top tips. Um, Cause I didn't want to unleash the beast and hurt somebody. You know, my job is to provide pleasure. It's not to injure somebody, you know, I can unleash a bit of a, a bit of a punishment spank on the bottom but I don't want to cause any internal injury so 
asked the, the women in my community and they basically said it was the same for when I'm having sex with somebody and it's it's anal. It's the same considerations, it's the same preparations also. So what I like to do with my male clients, if I'm pegging them, is warm up first. And I'll do that by um, kind of caressing the, the bottom, squeezing the meat of the arse as it were, some spanks. Um, I will gently tease the opening. If it's a, it's a dom session, I like to make them beg. <laughs> That's something new that I learned. I like to make them beg um, for me to put my finger in or to, to use the dildo. Um, but I always start with the finger. I use plenty of lube, usually on the anus and my finger as well, just to make sure that there's no friction, no irritation. And I start with the finger, warm them up, remove the finger, go back to teasing them again, making them beg. Um, I'm quite, I realize I'm quite mean as a dom <laughs> in a way that they like. Um, obviously they're, they're paying for service. So I want to give them the best service, but I am quite mean. And then I will put on my harness. I do have a set that I purposely bought for that. Um, I like to keep my toys for personal use and my toys for business use separate. Obviously there's many reasons for that. Firstly, I like to keep a sort of separation between my work and my personal life. And also there's the cross-contamination element. I always get my clients to shower if they are coming to my house or I'll ask them to shower ahead of me arriving at theirs. But I know that I'm clean, but you can't always trust that somebody else is. And that's the same in your personal life as well. I'll always use a condom on my uh, strap-on as well for the same reason. If you have a regular partner, then that's probably something you might not want to do, but it's an extra step to keep me and other clients safe. So I'll step into the harness and the same thing I did with my finger. I will lube the dildo itself and add more uh, lube to the anus as well and then I'll tease the opening again I want them to beg I want them to be at the point of just bursting with anticipation desire before I do it I'll start slow gently inserting the dildo rather than just shoving it in <laughs> and I like to do it where they're on their back and I'm on top of them so I can see their facial expression sex is different for everybody but I really enjoy watching the reaction on people's faces and listening to the noises that they make. It tells me that I'm doing a good job. Um, some people are silent, that's something you do have to get used to, but when you can see and hear the reaction to what you're doing, it's quite gratifying for me. And I'll go slow and I'll go steady and then I'll increase thrust, increase the pace, um, if it's a client that I have worked with before, I'll already know what their limits are. If it's a new client, we discussed that beforehand. Have they ever tried it before? How did they like it? Because again, you want to tailor every experience to the client and to your partner as well. And then what that also allows me to do when they are on their back, it means that I can also, means I can also stimulate their penis or I can ask them to do it as well. What, some things that I like to do is when they go to try and touch themselves, I'll bat the hands away and say, 
you didn't ask permission or I didn't give you permission. Um, there's fun things that you can do to kind of increase, again, anticipation, arousal, sensitivity. It's, it's fun. And if you have a partner who's interested in trying pegging, I would definitely recommend it. I will probably do an episode out in the future. I recently had, a, I say recently, we've been in lockdown now for three weeks, about five, maybe six weeks ago, I had a client who asked to be tied to my bed. And at that point, I didn't actually have any sort of harness or handcuffs. I'd been using scarves. So I invested in an under the mattress harness. So it, it has leg and handcuffs. So you can really take away all of their control and have um, easy access to every part of their body. And it was just an added um, layer to the whole experience uh, with him not being able to touch himself or touch me. Um, the anticipation built and built and built. And his climax was incredibly intense. And, you know, he definitely, definitely enjoyed himself. I will say also that pegging was, there was definitely a shift in um, the control dynamic. Um, even more so than just playing Dom with a sub, because you're, because you are controlling um, all of the action, it just kind of makes you feel like some sort of Amazonian goddess who takes no prisoners and will have her way with the men. <laughs> or at least it did for me, and still does for me. I do, I do quite enjoy it. So now when I have clients that contact me and ask for, for pegging sessions, I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let me peg you. Not to my clothesline. <laughs> I think as well, there's no, there's no shame in not knowing what um, the terminology is. People still say things to me that I still have no idea what they are and definitely have to Google. And I also sometimes read messages wrong. Uh, recently, someone got in touch and said, what I thought was foot fetish and I was like oh no don't touch my feet I don't want to touch your feet let's pretend we don't have feet and then I looked at it again and it actually said food fetish um which is a whole different ball game something I was definitely happy to to have a go at so this concludes your whistle stop tour of the world of dildos unfortunately there is no gift shop for you to visit thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed the show uh, I would really love if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen and subscribe where you can. It will help you reach a wider audience. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please get in touch with me. You can find me on Instagram at SexplanationsUK and on Twitter as SexplanationsUK. Next week, I will be talking about escorts, of which I know a lot, being that I am one. <laughs> So if you have any questions or queries about becoming an escort or hiring one, please get in touch. As always, stay safe, stay sexy.